Hey, welcome to this beautiful morning of Augusta Ali podcast, where we got some big news, some wrestling recap shows, and more. So let's get to start with a recap with Dynamite, with Regal kicking off the show. This is what Regal says, we got to hear from your new world champ, you'll hear him next week. He's got a time to come places like Chicago, Mr. Freeman is on the center major motion picture. I'm sure what the union is. Then we had a, a fuck you regal champ breaks out. Then he said a number of weeks ago he sent email and Jeff will explain next week. Then Moxley comes out and the crowd goes wild. We hear you fucked up champ breaks out as Moxley stares at Regal from ringside. He makes his way in. Danielson runs down puts between them. Then from Danielson's perspective says listen Mox. I don't know why what he did or he did but he did a bad thing. We all done bad things please I ask you. He got a bad neck and two brain bleeds don't hurt him. So Mox paced around the ring. Brian slaps him, but immediately apologizes and Mox is infuriated. Then Brian said more to this. You know your struggles. My dad struggled too. More than wrestling. When he struggled, I didn't understand, but Regal taught me and blocked the fans out and listened. Because of Regal, I could understand his struggles and before my dad passed, I could love him. Imagine somebody teaching their daughter to love you in spite of your struggles. The crowd chants bullshit. Brian says he loves Regal, so he pleads with Mox to do, do nothing to Regal for him. For Brian, Mox walks up to Regal and says, Lordship, I want one thing for you. I want you to run. Run far away as you can and never come back. Now, and keep on walking. Regal slowly leaves the ring and the crowd chants, Na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. Alright, we got Arn Cassidy defeating Jake Hager by a roll-up to retain the All-Atlantic Championship. During the post-match, Best Friends go for a hug. Factory interrupts. Factory sounds the ring. QT Marshall talks about Cassidy had no issues giving out Tasha shots, so QT and Mike is not working. Light goes out. Jill Hart is on the ramp. House of Black is in the ring. They wipe out Best Friends in the Factory 2. We have security and wrestlers starting to stop them, but they wipe everyone out. A lot of welcome back chat from the crowd. They grab the staff from the ramp. Brody King, King, King hits Dante Deferno. Malachi Black says, members of House of Black, please rise. Ricky Starks defeated Ethan Page to win the AEW World Championship Eliminated Tournament. Yeah, this was a great impactful matchup. We had Ricky Starks with broken ribs, defying the odds, defeating Ethan Page. So we're going to have Starks versus NJF for the world title step for winter is coming. And we have a video showing Jay Cargill confronting Bow Wow at his concert. Backstage, Renee Paquette interviews Jay Cargill. She called Bow Wow a whack-ass rapper, doesn't want to give him any clout. She calls Chicago a whack-ass town, did not deserve any of her sound celebration. Announced that there will be a baddie celebration next week. Cargill calls in Mark Stone and says she has no comment on the Bow Wow situation. Then Sterling hands Kira Hogan a piece of paper that her services were no longer required with the baddies. So basically, Cargill kicked out. Kira Hogan, some we don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's Jay Cargill. Alright, we got the best of seven series, match two. Death Triangle defeated the Elite. During the ending, Matt Jackson was low blowing on Pac. The referee didn't see it. Matt had the ring and mail hammer, but Penta right behind him with his own hammer. He nails Matt with it. Pac pins Matt for the win. Post match, Ray Phoenix seems unslightly unhappy with Penta using a hammer. Then here's an announcement that involves the word interims and drop from the women's championship. Alright, here's a recap from it. Mary Paquette announced that AW Management asked Dunder Rosa to relinquish her championship. 
popped in the crowd. Rosa agreed to forfeit Todd, but I fit of all women in AEW. Then she welcomed the new AEW Women's Champion, Jamie Hayter. Renee asked her how it felt to be undisputed champ. Bit Bayer hit up since the interim was never in their vocabulary. Renee said it's not the champion walked to the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Triple threat women's tag match. Bit Bayer, Jamie Hayter. Defeated with Nigel. Nile Sky Blue. And Jay and Telemelo. Alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, that was a great women's matchup. Good trios women's match. Three teams going at it. It is pretty good. It was also announced that Tony Storm's interim women's championship reign will be recognized as official world championship reign, not an interim one. The acclaim and daddy ass head to the ring. They go to the scissor, but Jay leaves the John J. Judd interrupt from the big screen. Jet Jared walks in, listening to ass clowns, trying to talk smack max, better be watching the back, crowd chants, TNA sucks. Billy Gunn saying, get that old ass off my screen, I still have some pull, and now the moment you wait for it, Chicago, scissor me, daddy ass! Now was a segment with Jet Jared and the acclaim, Billy Gunn, all that stuff, so we're getting more of that. That's the, that's what, I don't know, the claim is going to defend the belt. So, regardless. Jericho versus... Jericho versus Tomiyoshi. Jericho defeated Tomiyoshi to retain the ROH World Championship by submission. The post-match, we had Jericho confronted Ian Riccoboni, ROH commentator. But Casanova shows up, punches Jericho to end the show. All in all, Dynamite was a great show to hang around. So, yeah, it was a great show. Alright, we go to a Raw recap. Mm-hmm. We got Rollins to defend the U.S. title against Dory. And Lashley was announced during the show that Seth Rollins would defend his U.S. championship in a triple threat match against Austin Dunn and Bobby Lashley a Survivor Series. Rollins was interviewed saying that the match would be a war between three men who were on the verge of snapping. Yeah, pretty much that. That was a recap. Alright, that was pretty much a Raw they're talking about. Austin Dunn defeated Mufasa Ali by pinfall with eight times down. They would cut a promo before the match that hit the rock bottom made him a new man about to take out both Lashley and Rollins. After Theory's win, Lashley didn't want to wait for Survivor State and came to the ring when he and Theory brawled. Theory eventually ran away and hit Lashley with a chair to no effect. Theory snapped, became more a right rather than a privileged kid who eventually had picked the turn as a good turn for his character. What made the chain more interesting is the higher that for all the violence weeks of the week, despite everything better Broadway to spend this day, he has a chain where well, he didn't have the physical advantage at the moment during his present moments or test weeks. He was quick to run away in fear. The planned idea that there is talk attacks on the weekend foes just a bust to cover the shadow ego from the failed money in the bank cashing character work. The brawling brutes defeated John Jane Day by pinfall when Seamus pinned Dominic Mysterio with a bro kick. The match came when the Brutes, Owens, McIntyre, up and showed a hype up their War Games match, but line genuinely they interrupted and match was thrown together. That was basically what happened. Almost defeated Gargano by pinfall of the Chosland. Gargano was supposed to wrestle the Miz, but Miz said he injured his hand from the TikTok announced as his replacement opponent. Yeah. Mm hmm. Matt Riddle, Elias defeated Academy by pinfall of the, hit, of the Riddle hit Jack Gable with a floating brawl. Bro. So Drew McIntyre defeated Baron Corr by Pitfall with a Claymore. Akira Tozawa stole JBL's hat. Ringside called a Stratton that led to the finish. The Judgment Day OC brawled backstage out in the backing line after the OC had a head and costing Judgment Day the match earlier in the night. The group interrupted an OC backstage interview before a brawl kicked off. 
reliably defeated Asuka by pinfall with Riptide. The wins cure damage control Nicrop Ripley the win numbers advantage to survive the war game match. Bianca Belair, Sublis, Oscar, Mia Min will reveal their fifth member of SmackDown Friday. Stay tuned to that. But right now, let's go to the Rampage recap. Alright, FTR for the top flight. This week's episode Rampage aired at a special time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Black Friday. The show opened up with a banger as FTR defended the early tag belts against top flight. So, Darth Martin, Docs Harvest are their teams. Hardwood, I mean, Martin and Cash Wheeler, I mean, Dante and Cash Wheeler watched their opponents have fast-paced exchange takedowns. Don Dara shows some technical ability as one of the best technicians in AEW today. Wheeler's chapter one of his top flight center double-team offense. After had the chance to get in a few double-team spots. Top flight seemed in the control of the match. The match was more of a series of spot sequences and one-card story, but something that can be fun, especially when it's have flyers like top flight. Both teams could have sold a bit more for their opponents, but sometimes they have to sacrifice to keep up the pace. FTR was able to get the win with the big rig to retain the titles. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we got Darby Allen versus Nathan Henry. Alright, before that, Jericho and JS probably had a ring, but they were iterated by Claudio Casanoli. He challenged Jericho to a title match, but Ultra said if he loses, he had to join JS. That was the promo segment of it. Next bout, we saw Allen take on Henry, did not get inside entrance at time. Henry did a bit of side power advantage, being able to use that control early moments of the match. He maintained upper hand throughout the battle, but Allen started to make a comeback, how he always does. Sting took out J.E. Drake, and he got involved. Allen countered Supas with, with a Scorpion Death Trap before hitting the coffin drop for the win. Honestly, this was, the match was fine for it was. It honestly didn't really stand out. They mentioned some history between Allen and Henry on the commentary, but didn't explain enough to let casual viewers know why these men hate each other. Yeah, so basically like that. Honestly, yeah. So Hikaru Shida versus Queen Amita Pele 4. Bunny counter strats Shida, so Amita would take control of Mili. Shida nailed her with elbow strike for a pick and off for Falcon Arrow. She nailed a spring kick to the head for a quick one, easy one. There's not much to say about this, but it's always nice to see Shida, but the women deserve they better than this. So yeah, that was a women's segment. So take it what it is. So it is what it is. Take it what it is. You know. All right, the Dark Order versus Rush Butcher Blade. Yeah, pretty much that. The main event was saw Preston Vance, Johnson, Ass Reynolds taking on Rush the Butcher and the Blade. However, Vance nowhere was seen with the Dark Order made his entrance. Like Silver Rose perceived the wrestler at disadvantage all the way through a commercial break, so the heels had the control. Almost the entire time. Silver begins to mount some offense. We return from the break. Rouge cut him off with Chan Tag Reynolds. Got some relief. Vance ran down the ring. Looked like he was going to help his team. But ended up attacking Silver to cost the Dark Order the match. Beside help Rouge, Butcher and Blade destroy Silver Reynolds. Yeah. So Vance walked over negative one. Threw his mask on the ground and the show. Before that he, he ripped off like Una's mask. So yeah. The match itself was decent, but honestly, the, the story and development at the end would really make this actually stand out. So that's why I think a Rampage was a somewhat decent episode. Let's suffer the women's match. But the ending of the main event with the story development, that is good. Mm -hmm. You pull the trigger. Uh -huh. You got SmackDown recap. Alright, let's go to the SmackDown recap. It's pretty bad. Okay. SmackDown open with Team Dance Control. Consisted of Bailey, Dakota Kai, Ayo Scott, Nikki Cross, Rhea Ripley in the ring. 
Belair, accompanied by Blessed Bliss, Oscar, Miam Miam, revealed Lynch as the final member of a War Games squad and Mark Lynch's first appearance as losing a Raw's Women's Champ match to Belair at SummerSlam in July. Lynch saw a sign of respect for her rival before she was attacked by damage control in her in the counter, encounter, in the previous counter, Miller Lynch and company clear out the ring when tossing melee with a exploder suplex. A face hop between Ripley, which was teased, but Ripley teammates talked her down. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was a little tease. Then we got a brawl between Budline Brawling Brutes, broken out backstage, or a SmackDown World Cup final match between. Butch has sent his come Escobar and follow Rich's return. Then we got later in the evening, Owens approached Zane outside the Bloodline's locker room. Owens, war Owens warned his best friend he should leave Bloodline for an event group event return on him. Owens said that Zane should strike first for Owens to get the upper hand. Jay was listening on the conversation and asked Zane if he spoke to anyone. Zane denied this one for entering the Bloodline Bloodline's room. So yeah, mm -hmm. Sheamus and McIntyre defeated Uso by Pitfall after. Chance and struck Jay with a with a broke kid. Chance and Matt are unwilling the Usos are with that brute strength. The Usos Lorraine understood tag team challenge more experience you that ever took out with tactic movements and tactics. A wounded isolated Mac time made his way to a friendly corner attack at Sheamus. The two work put a whooping on Uso pursuit of pair to win ahead of war games. A distraction by Zane allowed Jay who Zane had continuous lines with to get the upper hand on Sheamus. Jay nearly scored a pinfall with a big splash moves for a ball broke out between the Allies ringside. Zane attempted to interfere in the match, leading to a confrontation with Owens. Owens tricked Zane into getting ejected for the match, struck Jay with a stunner while referee was preoccupied. Sheamus closed out the show with a bro kick. This was a very assault episode of SmackDown, leading to Survivor Series. Like, Bella revealed the not disappointing the crowd was thrilled to see Lucas. Return for four-mile hiatus. Honestly, I won't buy Asha Baines, but anyway. The former Raws showed their respect in the SummerSlam title match. Lynch has unfinished business with Daniel Control. The inclusion of Kevin Owens in the men's World Games match continues to pay dividends and his friendship with Ain adds the further layers to the rich bloodline supply. So, Reigns must, Roman must get his house in order or he hopes to continue Tribbs' domination. Yeah, so it's the rest of the match. We got... SmackDown World Cup Round 2. Escobar defeated Butch by pinfall, followed stretch by Zeno Vega and a Fanta Drive by Santos. Bray Wyatt insists that he's not responsible for attacking Layla Knight next week, but his alter ego, Uncle Howdy, begged, begged to differ. Knight said he was not vengeance and not for injuries he suffered. So, yeah, and then we have Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar defeating Hit Row. As Adonis and Dop Dollar by pinfall to hit in the Ragnarok on Adonis. Then we got Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Ripley, Broody assaulted Ray Mysterio as Ray Holmes were a fan in his giving dinner. The footage was leaked released earlier this week. Then we have SmackDown World Cup round two. Ricochet defeated Strowman by pitfall for the interference by Imperium. Ricochet saved Strowman from a post beatdown match beatdown by Imperium. Yeah. Okay, Ronda Riley, Shayna Baszler attacked Raquel Krakas. Jesus and Charlie backstage. He slammed Rodriguez's arm across the equipment's case. Then Rousey and Blazer defeated Rodriguez and Shotzi by a submission after Rousey padded armbar to Rodriguez's previously injured arm. Yeah, so that was SmackDown's recap. I didn't watch SmackDown. I just want to recap it. It was a good summons. Okay, so it was like War Games edition. So, yeah. So this is why this is this is a Gus Ali podcast. Like, 
I, I mean, no, it's not it. Oh, yeah, we got the news now. So that was the recap. So let's go to the news right now. All right, now all the recap we did is all the way. Let's let's go straight to the news. Alcohol and Hangman Page both reportedly doing better with injury recovery. Both AEW's Alan Cole and Hangman Page Center have been doing better recovery from respective concussions. Both Cole and Hangman are apparently out of action of concussions. Alan Cole suffered his first and forbidden during match back in June. Whereas Adam Page's injury was a lot more recently happening on a October episode of Dynamite. Uh, of course, concussions always spark a sense of worry among fans and people in wrestling business as they can be pretty unpredictable when it comes to severity. Especially in the case of Ankle, who has a course of being out for months without too many updates. Both Hangman and Ankle are both two AEW main event talents, so being them missing from shows does not leave some sort of void. Fans will be unhappy to see them make their returns when the time comes. So yeah, that's pretty much Ankle Hangman Page. They're gonna they're gonna come back to AEW soon, so don't worry. All right, there's reported a lot of people in AEW who are venting on why CM Punk should not be allowed to return. It's yet CM Punk AEW situation relationship is far from cooling down anytime soon. During the recent AEW Full Gear media scrum after the show, Cody Khan made a rare comment on the CM Punk situation, reinforcing that Punk. Do a cold cabana's placement in the company while at least he was around, despite the belief of many. Tony Khan denied Punk he to do a cold cabana we feature on multiple occasions now, but it sounds like AEW talent is spectacle that. So, right with a certain situation, the, po- the opposite has happened. This relationship between a- Punk and AEW seems to be rocky as ever. <sighs> Incident generally feels like a matter of time for his departure, but the company made official in some way or another. Mostly, Punk and AEW are not doing so good, so. It won't be a surprise when Punk leaves the company. The Young Bucks comment on their AEW return reflected on their absent beginning. Alright, let's go with that. Like, after weeks of tease, the Elite made their return to AEW at Saturday's full gear pay-per-view, losing to the Death Triangle and what was respectively announced as the first match of the seven in the series for the AEW Trios Champions. The trio has been serving their suspension along with Punk, Steel, Michael Namazawa, Bunk, Buck, with Daniels and Brian Cutler for the reported involvement in brawl out incident December. As a result of their suspension, the, being the elite, this new series that was on a temporary hiatus, although now it made a return, the show is now making a comeback. So, in episode 323 premiered early today. During the episode, Matt and Nick Jack spoke about how they felt about making a return to the company, where Nick revealed their fears of not being at at the level he was at previously, while Matt discussed how a difficult time away from AEW was for both of them. It's the end of the loop. We're finally back home in Ontario, Ontario California. We're, we're officially back. We're officially back. We, however, have been technically backstage a few weeks, but now we're on the screen. We wrestled, we've done it. Back, being the elite back. It doesn't feel like we're officially back, though, until full year. We were around four weeks, four weeks. It didn't feel like there was something missing. I think they think something missing was performing, so we, that we scratched that itch, and we're back. I'm just going to say I was already thinking of it, being anxious, that we could still perform at a high level. Earlier from Matt, I was actually waking up in cold sweats. I haven't been sleeping. People don't understand because they haven't been able to really talk about But this, too, is the hardest month of my life. I know you two, my fan, are we are. We got through it. You may never know what's going to happen until you do it. You got to hear the support just to hear how being see how happy a lot of people to see really meant to the world to us. Kenny Omega felt like we're going through the healing process right now, but I think the last time was a big step for us to get there. I feel good. We got to come out to the song we grew up listening to our, our dad. 
For Nick, a badass song too. Now for Matt, a song we almost didn't get. A song that we used to come out in the backyard, but a song we really didn't get until 11 hour. That was stressful. Getting that night before we finally knew so collected a really crazy, crazy time. Now it's going to end almost sign of relief at this point. Yeah. You leave that triangle set to clash it again in the second match, which will, which has already been revealed in the, in the Dynamite recap on the best seven series on this week's Dynamite in Chicago, Illinois. The trio has undoubtedly been missing on television during the absence. We're certainly looking forward to see the remainder of the balance two who display the chemistry with each other on a number of occasions. Alright, we got Kane Velasquez re requested permission to compete for AAA while listed on bail. On November 8th, early this month, former two-time UFC heavyweight champion Kane Velasquez was granted 1 million bail. Released the next day after he was formally charged one count of attempted first-degree murder. As well as several initial charges called one count of shooting and a medical vehicle, three counts of assault firearm, three counts of assault with a deadly weapon, one count of willfully discharged firearm vehicle, one count of carrying a loaded firearm with intent to commit felony earlier in the year for attempted murder of Harry Golder. So, Nolan King of MMA Junkies provided an update on Velasquez's arrangement, revealing that he and his attorney Ed Suicide made a motion for the court to allow to wrestle at Triple A December Dirt Show in Arizona. According to King, the request initially denied, although a formal decision may yet to be made. This is from MMA Junkie. King has trouble stretching in addition to other bail release rules. was a bye bye. Velasquez's legal team indicated that he would still be monitored by GPS, pay fees so the police could accompany him on the trip. The district attorney who was present at the arrangement did Velasco's request at the hearing to be rescheduled for later this month when the lead prosecutor is available. Velasco's attorney responded that they can't wait that long because AA had to promote the event. The request was directed to the judge for more filling with the circumstances of Velasco's case and the judge is to make a formal decision Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Velasco's latest competed for AAA in December last year. Triple Mayor Regina, when he teamed with Pangan and tries to clack a clown to defeat the team at Lovely Park, Ray Scorpio, and Toros. As always, we'll provide any updates on Velasquez, potentially returning to the ring as soon as we hear more. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, basically, Velasquez is innocent, so I hope something's happened soon. So, till then, okay. Earl Herbner says he's very happy that Jeff Jarrett signed with AEW. Re Legendary referee Earl Hebner recently joined his son's. Brian's reference of podcast discuss a wide range of pro wrestling wrestling tactics to his thoughts on Jet Sherry signing AEW. The decision he believes will benefit the promotion greatly. Herman also discussed his relationship with Icon Sting, high as a blow, that he is staying very close. Sting and I have very good buddies. Believe it or not, had his private room dressed, room, dressed me in the room because we were playing cards. He wanted me to always do his matches. How happy is that he and Jet Jerry's in AEW? I love Jeff, Jeff, Jeff to death. I'm so happy for AEW. He's going to make a big impact. Well worth having somebody that knows their way he does. He knows everything about business. Dustin Rose made an appearance on Dr. Jericho. This is the other news. Now, alright. Before that, Jeff Jarrett did make an appearance. Like, he's talking about Jeff Jarrett. That he's happy for him. They signed. He's going to make an impact in AEW. So, good. Yeah, okay. Now we go to Justin Rose made an appearance on Taka Jericho. He was discussing a wide range of topics. Okay. During during it, he shared how much he long he wants to wrestle without being out of business for so many years. This is for Dustin Rose. That's a question. Is my blood? I look at Rick Flair in the pose of the last match. I don't want to do that. As long as I can get out of the business and still walk, I 
because I do need a couple of these replacements, but that's fine. I'll get knee replacements. I'll be fine. I'll be able to walk around, but just remember getting the business, seeing a couple of old-timers on walkers and wheelchairs. Like, I don't want to get to the point, but we do our buys around eventually something's going to happen. So we get an hour of business while I can kind of semi walk at least the rest of my life. That's fine, but I love the business. So I want to be connected some way. Backstage coaching, whatever. I love coaching. We love me. People love it. So, yeah, I love putting something together for those kids to try to figure out my vision is always different for their vision. I see him doing it, it's not my vision, it makes me mad, but it's what I see my vision as being. I understand, I'm patient with it, I love telling him, yeah, you did this, you did this, you do this next time, and do what works for them. So that's not an knowledge I want to pass on. So that's my legacy, my knowledge, passing on my knowledge to younger kids. Yeah, so Dustin Rose wants to pass on his legacy to the other kids, the new kids, don't hear about wrestling, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we now we go to AEW Files for AEW to check out a trademark. November 18, AEW Files for trademark AEW together for merchandise purposes. Description mark for AEW together tra- trademark. It registers tend to cover carries of bananas, beanies, hats, shirt, shirts, sweatshirts, tight shirts, tank tops, you name it. AEW will present a new episode of the where that was about a recap from this week in. In Wintrust area in Chicago, Illinois, we'll feature fallout from Full Gear. We already know some of the top matches. You already know from the recap, so yeah. Yeah, basically, I don't know what's going on with the trademark either together, but something good. But people close to Pump are not happy with Elite's match this week. So another layer has been added to the situation between the Elite and Punk. Punk is currently nowhere seeing a wrestling cast at allocation between himself and the Elite at All Out in Pump. In lat this year, however, the pop that there's MMA commentary a good couple of times. Meg on the bus really turned in ratchet for the first time since all out with an attempt to reclaim the trio's title for the death triangle. AEW full gear pay per views last week and during match. Now, AEW announced the lead in death triangle and best of seven. Second match series, ARA saw thing in Chicago. Chicago's for his own talent, Hawks, and he was trying to have strong wrestling there. Elite made their entrance. Booze, Chandra, Management, Fourth, and say leads. Chance of CM Punk, fuck CM Punk, fuck Focal Band, some of the things that chanted out the match. During the match, the elite play into a sure always made some pretty blanched shots. Punk, Matt Jazz, purposely botched a shot Lariat, Mega Bite, and much more. Mostly like that. But there's more to this. Like on the latest episode of Zero Radio, Dave Meltzer gets some insight and ratchet a match from people close to Punk. This Meltzer, I know there were some people close to CM Punk that boy they were not happy with the six man tag this week. So the shots are not blaming the heavy handed. A lot of people were starting to speculate the whole situation could be returning to a work with Punk, maybe his return to a few to leave. Just judging from the crowd last night alone, the few record huge money, the biggest feud possible in AEW. That's why I see uh, this situation. I hope they clear things up and we get a feud out of this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good news at AEW start. The just scare Dante Martin team with Darius Martin take on Ring of Honor World Champions, FTR at, I mean, World Tag Team Champions, FTR at Renday's Rampage. On the recap this week, it was speculated that Dante may suffer an injury during the bout, which would have been the last thing he needed at the tough time of injuries. A lot of fans were concerned situation concerning Dante. One half of the AEW World Tag Camps, the Bowens took Twitter friend knows that Martin's doing fine. They're bringing to their business and talk to 16. Top flight, same way AEW wrestling. 
2020, Dante had been on the injury of being involved in a car accident. Since April, he's recently returned from Tori ACL that left him out of action for over a year. Yeah, so this was an injury scare from Top Flight. I hope things get better. Alright, I got here's another rumor. Rumor killed on WA plans for Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank still is several months away, but a rumor guarding a potential winner for men's Money in the Bank line match been making the rounds. That rumor is how LA and I was scheduled to win the bout during a talent future talent match on Tuesday. Has not been discussed as a possible winner from FIFA Select reports. It's also rumored that the Money in the Bank line match could be turning at WrestleMania instead of taking place in their own standalone event. The Triple H want to move away from the holding gimmick Dean Vincent and Money in the Bank TLC. Hello, so. Other reports tonight some of the members of the WWE Creative higher ups come to say that while Dia is an impossible, nothing has come across their desk as a yet. I like LA Knight, but we don't have investment plans across the board for months down the line, much less next year's money event. We wanted him on so bad, and we went hard to take Larry to put him on. I never heard him discussion the same concept in the bank. Now it couldn't happen, he's a great performer, it's that they did not have to discuss. Tarsus said, Matt Sidell, time to call Atchison's injury when he impact potential cruiserweight division AEW. In an exclusive interview with Wrestling News, Matt Sidell spoke about seeing fall 10 count from Killigan Primetime Wrestling take place on number 26 in Warsaw, Poland. Sidell also talked about the AEW run. He asked if Tony Khan was upset we got injured in the AEW show. Not an AEW show. I'll tell you what happened when Tony Khan found out what my injury was. He jumped up, hugged me because we didn't need surgery. I mean, he is supportive for you to be. Christian could be. I mean, it was a setback. It felt like everyone was. It was taking the air out of bounds when it happened. I felt like that injury is haunting me right now, but this was making me really complain about more angry. This lit fire me because I don't have any time in the world. I don't have a career in front of me. You're behind me, but there it is left. Every match is left. It's going to be the best match of my life. And the best I write. And I'm putting out the best work. There's more to this. Like, that I was saying, like, Path AW Studio Wrestling for the Bucks. That's why I went to AEW. That's why I like Impact. Because I want to go to AEW. Because I want to wrestle the Bucks again. I'm really lucky. I got to have a match with my brother against the Young Bucks. Also, Mike and I also wrestle Lucha Brothers. I mean, we have a string of great matches. Then, unfortunately, Mike got hurt. He was back on Jericho Cruz four nights in a row. It was crazy. But, yeah, I mean, come back. It was more than a lot of tough fights. I mean, I love everything we want in AEW. I said, I don't want AEW. I don't let us share where we live around us, around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it's saying again, there's a room for AW Cruiserweight Champion saying we could start going G- IWGB Heavyweight Title because that's New Japan title. You want to run Stragas. Uh, Champion Wrestling, I mean, we kind of built them in an old AW starting out in the division. Heavyweight division. Heavyweight division or cruiserweight division, whatever you call it, that's my division. I would own it. I would on top of it. People would be fine for my spot because it comes to junior. Time to went to Japan. I went to junior heavyweight belt that I am. I'm going to try to get in the guy who's 5'8", 165 pounds, ready to fight. And that's what, that's all for this week's Augusta to wrestle, I mean, Augusta Ali podcast. See you next Saturday. Bye.